So it is episode 10. We are welcomed by our, our friend at Eat Proper Good, the uh, the bigwig, Christopher Jane, also known as Chris of the Jane. So Chris, welcome to the show, man. We're welcoming you back, actually. I know, right? No, it's fun. I can't believe how many months it's been since last time. This will be good. I thought we were going to be best friends last time, and you just never reached back out. You didn't come to my birthday party. Very disappointed. So you got to actually send invites always, for these next things? year. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. birthday is not until next month, anyway, so we're fine. So there's still time. There's still time. It was my it was my half birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, so, like Brian said, thank you for for hopping on, man. We uh, we appreciate it. Um, I think the uh, the elephant in the room here, or I guess I should say the shark in the room is the uh, proper goods uh feature on shark tank yeah right uh i mean i don't know i'm I'm, I'm assuming there's like ndas you can't talk about all the secrets and stuff like that but um would you mind telling us like what you can about that experience and like was it was it fun was it stressful like how long does it take to get in those outfits i know that you guys usually have them (laughs) yeah yeah, no, we we can we can talk on lots actually. A few things we can't share, but but mostly all the fun stuff for sure. And it's uh, it was a crazy process. I actually can't believe it. it's been over a month since Shark Tank, and it, it literally feels yeah. like it was yesterday since it aired. Like it has been, it's thrown the business into into chaos in a really good way, right? All all the fun stuff in terms of sales and awareness, which we can chat about. But um, no, to answer your question though, it was. As you saw, right, it was super fun, theatrical, you know, you've seen from the website and product, we have a lot of fun with the brand anyway. Um, And talking to the producers at Shark Tank, it's obviously it's a business show, but it's also it's half entertainment, right? So we were like, okay, let's lean into that as far as we possibly can. And initially, it was just going to be kind of heavy accents. And then it was heavy accents with outfits for the initial pitch. And then it was, we're going to leave the outfits on the whole time. And then it was, we're going to create a ground jewels, crown jewels and like podium thing. So yeah, we basically <laughs> lent into the theatrics as as much as we possibly could, which, which I think people liked, honestly, the, the feedback was, was pretty incredible. Um, you know, very, very few people didn't like it. Almost everyone that emailed us is just, you know, loved you guys, loved the performance, yeah. loved the products. It's, it's gone really well, honestly. I would think the people that didn't like it were like, I like my soup in cans and just like, we don't need to talk yeah. to those people. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say some, some things you just can't win. Awesome. So the, uh, that was the one thing is that I've been watching Shark Tank since it's like season one. And so it was really sure. cool to actually have like, I, I wouldn't say I had like vested interest, but I was very interested in this episode just, just for the fact of just knowing that we've worked with you guys before and that we were about to work with you guys at the same point in time at that time and yeah. uh my kids usually will just leave the room and i said hey no this is one of these i, I said i know these people i said these are actually so they are very interested my daughter is a huge fan of anything london uh in yep. england and so she she fell in love with it she was like oh my god these are the soup people i was like yeah this is the soup people so then she actually she actually then in turn tried the soup and actually liked it so i was like look at that normally if it's go. keto my kids won't want to touch it. And so they're like, it's not, it's, it's not delicious. And so now they're, they're actually on the, on the board of the eat proper good. So I was like, it's, uh, it's been a fun and a time, but my question, I had a really serious question for you guys. Uh, and I don't know if this is part of the non-disclosure agreement, but how good does Mark Cuban smell? Yeah. <laughs> that, that isn't one I've quantified yet. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. So just to give you f- further insight, which will answer the question in just a bit, bit of behind the scenes is it's purposely kind of cold turkey going into the tank ride. So we, we don't meet the sharks beforehand. Yeah. They haven't met us before very intentionally. So, so the reactions you get both from them and us are live, right? It's, it's truly real time um, in, in terms of that discussion and so yeah we met him for that first time then then obviously at the end you saw that the handshake and kind of hug and things but honestly my friend we were on such an endorphin high by then i, I couldn't i couldn't <laughs> even tell you what was what was going on so i'll have to answer that another time um, <laughs> that's awesome though yeah yeah it, it was a fun one and just other just just for fun bits in terms of the edit so the way it works is we, we don't really see the edit at all in, until it's live so when you watched it yeah. with your children is when i saw it um so oh, you know, wow. we were in yeah, we, we were in with the Sharks, obviously, for a lot longer than the sort of, you know, 10-minute segment yeah. that gets aired. So, you know, you kind of sat there of like, I think it was mostly good. As hopefully they were kind to us on the edit. And then it's obviously fun to see what, what bits they choose, what bits they don't choose, and, and so forth. So it was a lot of fun. I, now, um... towards, the, towards the end where it was, uh, it was just Cuban there, um, yeah. did you realize it, like, watching back, like, 
that all the sharks had taken themselves out at that point and you're like why did i do that was it like a face palm thing or was oh, it just man. like sure like is there something else there like yep yep man i'm so it's funny you mentioned that so that is probably the biggest blunder of my life if we're honest in terms of just real time national tv i'm literally there and to give you an idea like that hour we're roughly in there was like it's just like drinking from a fire hose, right? In terms of yeah. questions, right? Obviously, they've got lots of questions to ask. We're trying to give good answers, Jennifer and I together. And honestly, mate, it was just chaos. Like I came out of it, honestly, feeling like you're like on something, right? You literally feel like my head is weird. I'm cloudy. Like my adrenaline's pumping. Like I can't believe that I didn't realize who was out when they were out. It was just yeah. such one of those weird, weird moments, right? You look back and you're like. What? Like watching it on TV, it looks so calm, but it was yeah. not calm. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, so yeah, that, that was a blunder for sure. And that was one of those face palm moments, as you put it, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, yeah. in in overall terms of blunders, it's it's a fairly small mistake, right? Like you didn't yeah, like sure. lie or perjure or anything like that, but it's just like Fair. the fact that it was nationally <laughs> televised, I think is <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah that's a good that's was it? A good four million viewers or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah go ahead steven so when that when that aired like i I had a website for a while that i ultimately just shut down but like i'm assuming you guys have much better (laughs) website technology than the wix profile i had but uh i got i used to get like updates like oh this is how many like how much web traffic you have like did you guys see like in almost in real time like when it would air to like web traffic there and just kind of like people checking everything out yeah, so that was a that was a really interesting one. So for us, obviously, we get told you know, a few weeks before that it's going to air, so we can you know attempt to sort of prepare inventory and so forth. But for us, I wanted to see the edit live as you did, but I also exactly wanted to kind of see what was happening to the website. So we essentially set up a big TV with the you know ABC streaming, and then a big TV with like Shopify on it, so we could like try and <laughs> oh, see nice. in like in like real time like what is happening. And and what was really cool, we can't say too many of the numbers, but what was really cool is that. You know, within before we'd even finished the opening of the pitch, like the sort of the first minute or two, yeah. the website was just like blowing up for sure. And I think, you know, over that weekend, we literally had like two to three months worth of website traffic in like a 48 hour period. So it, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, they, they always say like it's like a shark tank effect, uh, just yep. like with uh, Food Network as the uh, the Guy Fieri, the d- diners sure. driving to- that just automatically even if it's not a it doesn't go the way you want it to go there's yep. still flow to where you want it to go so there's still that even if you're not getting a shark out of it you're going to get sales out of it because people are rolling towards your product on your company so that's the exactly. that was the cool part now with not with anything in the show but after the show yeah uh working with cuban and his i guess his kind of business team are you guys yep. redeveloping products is there is there products that you guys are trying to gear more to towards or keeping with your organic style of brand of where you guys are going with uh how you're doing your soups is there more coming too because i've seen oatmeal come into play as well so what else is coming in there yeah this would be a fun discussion actually and i'd love your thoughts on on new products as one of the things i was going to ask you guys because lots lots of cool things um kind of you know going around right now in terms of ideas but but to answer your question yeah so mark's um you know, obviously on the show, we had some comments about the packaging and the brand. And again, a lot of that is just sort of live reaction, obviously, before we've had a chance to discuss and show data and, and so on. But um, what was interesting is the kind of time delay between when we filmed and then, well, A, when we applied to Shark Tank, B, when we filmed and C, when we actually obviously aired. It's, it's obviously yeah. quite an extended period of time. Yeah. So what's interesting, I would say the business grew a lot over those time periods. So I think now we're, we're pretty set in where we are, right? I think earlier on, it was a little bit, you know, are we a soup company? Are we a meals company? Are we a keto focused company? Or are we kind yeah. of general kind of better feed meals? And I think by the time we aired, we, we're now pretty set in terms of where we are. I think, honestly, people just love what we're doing in terms of the brand yeah. and products. We don't really see any reason to change that. Um, so that was just kind of, you know, a further on discussion, but your, your question on actual products is interesting in that we just launched oatmeal, obviously not really for the keto crowd. Uh, we obviously yeah. have plenty of keto soups and so on and so forth, but we really wanted to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner as a company. Um, and everything yeah. so far was a lot more just soup. Um, so that was really our first foray into that, which honestly has gone, has gone really well, but the non-keto crowd are really loving the oatmeal. Um, but one thing I actually wanted to kick back to you both was, we think breakfast is a really interesting occasion, oatmeal being one of them for obviously the non-keto crowd. Mm-hmm. 
what are you eating for breakfast right now? What, what could we do in a 90 second breakfast that would be relevant for keto? Hmm. I do a lot of like scrambles. Okay. Yeah. And I know Jimmy Dean has like their yep. egg scramble thing. Um, but I mean, that's, that's just like my, my go-to. Like I, if I don't know what to make and I'm hungry, uh, yep. I'll do that for sure. Do you put that in like a in like a low carb tortilla or something to like make a burrito, yeah. or you just I go mean, straight to those? Yeah, almost everything I eat yeah. is in a low carb tortilla. If I'm being realistic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuff that yeah, shouldn't be. It. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put a tortilla in this. Let's just let's just do it. Uh, so, so. That's just I think an effect of being in Texas, right? Like, there's so many tortillas around that we're just like, yeah, sure. it's just <laughs> throw it on a tortilla. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> um, see, I mix it up a little bit for breakfast. There's days that it's. Um, it's like a keto yogurt. Like I, I enjoy the brand ratio, uh, sure. really great macros, really low sugar content. Um, I think if we had better quality cereals that are out there or like hot cereals that are out there, cause there are sure. companies that do the hot cereals that are keto and Dude, they sure. are not good. So it's, uh, can I, can I ask what uh, a hot cereal is? I was so just going like, to ask the same. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like if I, I'm, I'm not going to say the brand, but it's it's very similar to oatmeal, but it's more of a, a grainy, like girthy texture. There's still some crunch to it that it's worn. Uh, it's not like soft like oatmeal. My son, by the way, would love oatmeal. So that's the one thing I'm ordering for him is the uh, probably good oatmeal. He's like a 75 year old man stuck in a six year old body. He loves his oatmeal for his breakfast. <laughs> that's um, a perfect market. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you go after the six year old. But yeah, yeah, like something regards to like a hot cereal, because there are brands that are out there that do that, um, that it's just, I've wasted money on because I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And it's like, no, it's not, it's not great at all. Actually, this doesn't taste very good. I'd rather eat the packaging that it came in. Uh, and then also, I mean, the <laughs> egg muffins. And so like the issue that you have, you can make your own little egg muffins at the house. And so like the muffin stuff, the cheese and bacon and sausage. Sure. But if you go to Starbucks, it's like nine carbs. And it's yeah. like, why would I spend nine cars on that? So there's surely there's a way to do that. Uh, yep. And then also make it spicy with your proper good spice. So, man, these are these are good product. ideas, honestly. This is it's super interesting because right? exactly as you said, I, I've tried a few of the other kind of keto breakfast items and I've never had the hot cereal ones. Actually, I have to look that up. But that's interesting right? because just, you know, yeah. you could do a similar oatmeal without oats. Right. It's more kind of chia and, and flat. I'm pretty sure you could get the, the net carbs where, where you need it to be. But um. Yeah, yeah that, that's interesting. All right, I'll check that out. Am I the only one yeah. hung up on the fact that Brian described hot cereal as uh, girthy? <laughs> girthy, man. It's, it's got, it's got a, 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 like a, you know, yeah, like oatmeal's like weak. It has that, like that strong whip to it, man. It's a, it's a, if, it's good. If that is your adjectives, bro, you, you live your life. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I had to give that feedback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, put it on the box. It's girthy. And be like, yeah. Hey, I like exactly. it. Exactly. So. Brian says it's girthy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> was there any ever thought to like doing more like sweet dishes? Like, you know, you have, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, but then also like, uh, I, sure. I, I'm just the person that's like, oh, okay, I had like a nice savory like dinner and not, I need something sweet. I need something sweet. Like, I, I'm always yeah. doing that. I just got one of those like stand mixers. And the sure. only thing sure. I've actually made to any actual like benefit was just whipped cream. Like low carb sweetener and just keeping it simple yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's an interesting one so i guess right now because we're so focused on this kind of pouch format and we can do like yeah. all sorts of things that I, I would say are pretty much any liquid right from like from like oatmeal to chilies to soups to you could honestly do like something like a pudding or something like that in like a pouch that. yeah that, that could that could be interesting but like i'm i'm the kind of dessert guy i want like a, a little bite of something right like a little, mm. a little texture Whereas we're, we're kind of more in that kind of wet space right now, but you could do pudding for sure. And you could also do mixes just to make it easy yeah. for people. I, I don't know if you enjoy the mixes that are kind of the dry mixes. You could actually do like a wet mix that's kind of like a hundred percent ready to go, um, yeah, which yeah. could kind of be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's one to keep in mind. Uh, so I actually have a question just about like the, the format, the pouch yeah. format sure. and making that shelf stable. Is it like a process of like, pasteurization or like is there things that like cannot go in there because they need to be refrigerated so I, I even know like yeah. having worked for like coca-cola in the past like they have yeah. shelf stable milk which i think is it baffles me yeah. but yeah like is there anything that like is a is a no-go that like you cannot put in a, in a pouch 
It's, a, it's honestly, it's a really interesting question. I would say even if there is things that can't be done now, I would say within a year or two that they, they could be done. I would say it's a really quickly evolving space in that we've now got to the stage where the way it works is essentially, I don't know if you've ever seen some of those like kind of organic baby food brands and things are kind of almost like sous vide. So you kind of like cook it in the pouch, if you will. So you get, essentially you get to a, a temperature that sterilizes everything in the pouch. So you get to a stage where you add nothing, right? I mean, I, I've obviously been to the facility where we literally make it in the same way you would make it. We chop the ingredients, it's all fresh ingredients, all the rest of it is in the pouch and then it's essentially sterilized in the pouch. So because of the pouch, you know, technology, the temperature and so forth, you basically sterilize it in the way, and you can do that for anything, right? We have meat-based skews, we have dairy-based skews, we have other items. There's really not much limit to what you can do and honestly, it just comes down to the consistency more, right? Oatmeal has a similar consistency to a soup or a risotto or something like that. So, yeah, there's really not much you can do. The the creativity is, is more of a limit than the technology, I would say. So, yeah. So that that's one thing that I that I was thinking about today because uh, I finally found a, a cauliflower rice and a cauliflower uh, bro- mm. or a broccoli rice as well that's kind of packaged together that doesn't taste like feet and. Um, <laughs> and smell like it too so it's a, it's a different world so they, like my wife and i she started doing low carb uh, a few months back and is you know you know she followed in my steps and is killing it but her and i were discussing like the the rice part like if you guys were able to have some sort of like cauliflower broccoli rice or that's mixed in with something like a i, I don't know it's like steak tips and rice yes yeah, yeah it's like steak tips and, and rice used to be like a yep. stable and it's like, you know, it's, it's comfort food, but at the same time, it could also be like a protein base. It's, it's not only just keto friendly, it's, you know, gluten-free and everything like that. So that's, that's a space. And then we talked about it last time, but you guys need to have like a keto Texas chili. Like you, you have to yep. do it. It's a, yep. it's, it's one of those that, uh, especially in the market you're in, like cubes, Mr. Cuban, Mark Cuban, he's in Texas. You guys are in Texas. It I mean, only not, makes not sense only that, to have a Texas chili. So on, I mean, on Shark Tank, it said Austin, Texas. Yeah. First. yeah. Like. It did. It You're did. on national TV being Texas based. So how is that that chili that you have, the, the vegan one? How's that doing? Man, yes. Yeah, so, um, it's actually funny. I talked about this with someone this morning and that it's now one of our, our top three sellers, I think it is, in terms of because it's the only chili item we have, right? If you like break out the products, it is mostly mm-hmm. soup. So we actually have four oatmeals now, but the chili is yeah. kind of a standalone item on its own. It, it's a plant-based chili. And it kind of sat there for a little while. I don't know if it was the time of year that we launched it. It just yeah, it had great reviews. It just wasn't a big seller. But I'd say in the last sort of 60 days, it's it's really coming yeah. to its own. And chili's a funny one. I don't know what you think, Brian, but like that's the only item that we get. People get really opinionated on a chili, right? Oh, like yeah. they think oh, yeah. for example, it's got this one's got corn in it. So one I remember one lady in the reviews absolutely furious that we have corn <laughs> that, that's not that's yeah. not allowed in the southwest chili apparently so you know you get into this kind of realm of we're obviously trying to make an item that could be suitable for a lot of people and obviously chili can sometimes be somewhat polarizing uh, yeah but, well that's I, with with texas uh, texas chili is polarizing because the uh you guys coming in from out of state and out of country texas sure. chili is no bean chilies like it's not there's no beans in it and so right. if you if you say that you have a Texas chili cook-off and you have people with beans in their chili, they're oh, automatically disqualified. So it's it's a it's a <laughs> it's it's one of those situations. And so I think if yep. you guys t- attacked the market for like even if it was like keto Texas chili, the Texas part is what sells this to Texans. Like if you put Texas on anything, yep. we're gonna buy it. I mean, yeah. If we sure. if we just t- would just say the Texas COVID you know, COVID nineteen vaccine, I guarantee it people would get more <laughs> get vaccinated. You could put That's Texas hilarious. in front of it. So, but yeah, that would be, it would be a killer, but the fall weather and Steve and I talk about this, we call it the month of fall. I call it the month of fall. I mean, in Texas, but that's it's all seat. you really get. Yeah. It's all you get. It's just a short time. So, but it's, it's soup weather. It is, it is those stews, it's those soups and it's chili season. And so during that time frame, during like the early months of fall towards the early, like to the first few weeks of winter, chili yeah. is just where it's at and where in our region, especially the, you know, Texas and the Southwest. That, that's super interesting yet all right i promise yeah we will make a texas chili and you will be the first person on the sample <laughs> list uh, we're, we're, it'll get done at some point and yeah, you'll be getting it i promise yeah and if you guys want to bring me in just to to, to attack it and help you guys create a formula i'm i'm, I'm game for it so no you know, this is, i'm gonna take you up i've trained i've changed I've, I've trained my whole life for this moment so <laughs> <laughs> no. 
he's been actually bagging chili for years. He just puts it in, in Ziplocs. Uh, it's a yeah. mess and it gets everywhere. But uh, yeah, he's he's the guy for it. We can yeah, take that to the next level. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So, I mean, I, I hinted at this before we uh, we hopped on here and started recording, but um, I think that there's a space in that pouch game for for like beverages too, right? Like, so I'm like my my keto Gatorade is just Himalayan pink salt and, and just water. Yep. Yeah, just you can just put like my face on it. Even I think that'd be great. I was uh, really, really that, that's crucial. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's that's the most important <laughs> part. Um, but I mean, outside of that, right? In, in terms of marketing right because you guys have yep. taken this like social media approach uh yep. now that you guys you know have been like through and through national like tv is, yep. is that approach still kind of the same for how you guys intend to grow or is it you know or is that changing kind yep. of post shark tank yeah it's a, it's a really interesting question honestly i don't know the answer in the way that we're we're still evolving very quickly um yeah. i would say you know a year ago i mean the whole business is only about a year and a half old so about a year ago we were very heavy on that kind of traditional right social media spending a lot on ads kind of measuring how effective they are and that that kind of world we've now got to a stage where we have enough customers that they're kind of like peer to peer referral and like telling your friends and things like that is now actually becoming a, a meaningful kind of driver um, of sales and so forth. So we're, we're definitely pulling back a lot on that more traditional spend and just trying to lean into like, how do we get you to take it to work? How do we get you to tell your friends? And obviously we can incentivize you and then give you free meals or even cash. And it's like, it's much more interesting to try and figure out how to like get Customers to bring in new customers is the holy grail, right? That, that's a, just yeah. an effect that works well for everyone. Whereas, you know, us essentially donating money to giant social media companies is is not. Um, so we're, we're very much trying to lean into the other one. The challenge is it's it's slower, right? It, it takes time to build that sort of relationship with people and, and figure out Absolutely. that kind of thing. Um, we have a mutual friend, Keto Snacks, uh, Eric oh, yeah. yep. Wiggins. Um, yep. He and I met up for lunch uh, a week or two ago. Oh, and nice. yeah. uh he was saying that's like you know because i do have like a traditional like nine to five job and he was just saying like mm-hmm. oh, it must be really nice not having like your income tied to mark zuckerberg and his whims and <laughs> yes, you know donating yes. to those social media companies is much the same way where it's just like yeah. you know if they have a mass exodus and they decide to you know yep. <laughs> walk away and all of a sudden your reach is cut just by nature of something <laughs> out of your control like that's that's stressful then yeah. it, it really is it, stressful is the right word in that I mean, in just in the last year, the amount of changes that have happened on these platforms from privacy things with Apple to just their own changes, right? Like suddenly yeah. they're, they're favoring reels. So stuff you post on your feed doesn't get any engagement and then you have to do this. And then, you know, just continuously tweaking mm-hmm. the way they've decided they want their kind of algorithm to work. And mm-hmm. as a brand or, or an individual like Eric, you're, you're essentially always trying to figure out that game, right? right. It's, it's nonstop. Uh, and I... I felt that for uh, a while i took a break off of my keto centered instagram page we took a break from the the podcast for a little bit just because it felt like no matter what you did it was a game of like diminishing returns like you could find Mm -hmm. that successful rhythm and pace and like all right cool like we're we're in the middle of it and all of a sudden it just it changes overnight and you're like what okay how do i how do i pivot and you have to pivot in 18 different directions just to see what one is going to land yep um gosh i i even talking about it i'm just like oh, i should take another <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you, you look concerned mate yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. Oh so my gosh. talking about company wise i know with you know yeah. with cuban's direction he's helped a lot of other food retail companies that were traditionally online sales only get pushed into the market do you guys have plans to get into the grocery stores like in the texas side heb or big box pe- people like costco is that something that you guys have discussed or, or can you discuss that with us? Is that something that you guys have looked at? Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting one. It's on the horizon, I would say. It's, it's, again, one of those things, honestly, just takes an enormous amount of time, right? So I know we chatted on this last time, but so I ran another grocery brand for about five years before Proper Good. And it was much more, right? We sold to HEB, we sold to Whole Foods. And obviously, there, there's tremendous success available there for both as an account for the business and for the customer, right? You can discover us. It's a great place to discover new brands. The challenge is it takes so much time. It, it just does. Like, you know, it can take almost a year to go from, oh, 
X grocery store is interested, now we're available in that grocery store. And obviously, yeah. Stephen, you know from, from Coca-Cola, like mm-hmm. these supply chains and the way it works is just so slow. Whereas like Chartang, for example, you saw on the website, right? Within quite literally 10 seconds, we have hundreds of thousands of visitors, all the data, all the ability to communicate, all the ability to learn and so on. Whereas like getting into one big grocery store is, is nine months of back and forth. Um, so yeah. it's on the horizon. Um, you know, we have 18 items on the website now, so we'll, we'll probably take a much smaller selection to grocery yeah. initially. Um, now we kind of have a good idea, you know, which ones are the, the top performers. Um, but I would say sometime in 2022, you'll, you'll see us hit some shelves for at least the first time. Oh, nice. Back in my, um, yeah. my time at uh, NatureBox, mm. we uh, were piloting Costco. And it, sure. they, they just go region by region type of thing. So if you sell one region, it can go well and can get you to other regions. But it's like, we had to make sure the <clears throat> Northern California region went well. And sure. so everyone in the company, and it was like, we were, I was one of like 35 people that worked there at the time. We all just right. went to a Costco. Like, all right, cool. We're going to be like, have the nature box aprons on. We're going to be like passing yep. out snacks, talking about <laughs> them, doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Ultimately it was successful, but it's just like the, uh, I think just in the way that you guys ship today, a, a large state, like large scale retailer like that could work. Cause you can just, you know, have a box of 12. That's what they buy yeah. there. Sure. Uh, yeah. At nature box. When we were there, we had to come up with like a unique package just for Costco. Yep. Which yep. was rough <laughs> yeah. when you're used to having like eight ounce packs. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have like a, a full pound of product going out to someone like quality totally. was different. Like everything was just, was such a headache. Um, yep. I was going to say the so- software is a uh, no supply, no supply chains and no physical product is a, is a totally exactly. different world. Mate. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I, I think the idea, like, I don't know. I, I, I think that traditional like grocery store method, it, I mean, there's always people that are going to go grocery shopping, but that whole thing yeah. is changing. Like, there's even restaurants that like, don't go to physical places to like buy the product anymore. They go right. talk to one guy recently that like he just does all his shopping on Instacart, which you know probably isn't the most profitable sure. course of action from him, but just like yeah. that consumer habit of not necessarily being in person to buy things anymore. So that grocery store yeah. model, I guess, would just be more of a, a struggle. And, and if you're just on their website, it's like yeah. what's what's better for me in terms of margin? Obviously, it's going to be people driving to your website. So I think. Yep you know, that kind of spinning plate game is, is rough when like I said, I hate to Definitely. throw nature box under the bus, but we were there for a while doing a lot of sales on Amazon. And we realized yeah. our calculation for how profitable this is didn't include Amazon fees. You factor those in and all of a sudden this is not, yeah. <laughs> not the it's way not to do profitable. this. Yeah. That, it's, uh, it's so funny. You say that I was genuinely talking about some of this on, on Friday at, for hours about Amazon is as a consumer, I, I love Amazon. Right? I buy stuff on Amazon literally every four hours, probably. Um, whereas as a business, it, it's challenging. Obviously, like obviously, we want to be on Prime so everyone can get that experience. We want to advertise to them. We want to do all that. And it's, I mean, I know plenty of people who do millions of dollars of revenue on Amazon that just don't make any money, right? And right. It, it's a really challenging space, um, obviously. But at the same time, was it half of internet searches now start on Amazon or something crazy like that? So it's like... <laughs> You want to be there. You want you want to be part of the game, but it, it's yeah. definitely a more challenging one from a from a margin point of view. It's exposure. It's it's, it's you know marketing. Like I I sell into yeah. like the restaurant space now, and so that's how like companies like Grubhub and DoorDash market oh. themselves. Like this isn't necessarily like your delivery channel. This is a marketing engine for you. This is this gets sure. you exposure yeah. to our hundred thousand people that are using the platform in your area. And yeah. I feel like Amazon kind of does a similar thing. Where like, yeah, it. it <sighs> Hopefully you break even, but like you may not be very profitable on this this channel. Yep. But it's a marketing expense more so than anything else. Yeah, uh, totally, totally. And then just like converting those people. I mean, I, I wasn't able to watch like the live stream of of like the Shark Tank episode, but I was watching mm-hmm. this um, guy that was like rating people on Shark Tank today. I don't okay. know. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the clip if you want to see it. Like he said, I think I've probably seen guys. it. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in like a very <laughs> dark blue room all around him. Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> but um, he got your sister's name wrong. He called her Deborah once, and I'm like, that. Hmm. <laughs> oh, how seriously <laughs> are you paying That's attention? Man? Oh my but, god. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, gosh, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Anyways, that's that's how this this podcast goes. Sometimes I just I had a train of thought. And now it's gone. Just, <laughs> it's it, gone. Um, 
I think another one you're talking about that was funny. So we watched that the next day as well. He does essentially like a live review, right? Of like, he yeah. pauses the episode as you go and kind of give his entrepreneurial feedback. And yeah, it, it was mostly glowing. I, I enjoyed the little episode. It, it was fun. It was, uh, yeah. It's, it's cool. Cool little business for him as well. Right. Just like reviewing live pitches and giving feedback. I think it was kind of, kind of random. I wish people would pay me to hear what I think about, yeah. but I mean, kind of, you're kind of paying us to do this. So this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> roundabout. I got there. <laughs> exactly. We got there. So before y'all went on Shark Tank, who brought up the idea of actually like getting on the show or trying to get to the show? Sure. So there, there's two two ways of doing it. And I'll tell you the one we did. But um, as far as I'm aware, about 44,000 people a year, or at least that's what the latest numbers I read were, apply to Shark yeah. Tank. Now, obviously, that, that's a crazy number, right? That's mm-hmm. yeah. madness. Um, so we were actually lucky in that the producer reached out to us actually April 2020. So before we spoke last oh, time, wow. this was bas- yeah, basically the month we actually launched the business. <clears throat> they you know, discovered us on Instagram and said, you know, we, we like your brand. It looks interesting. Would you be interested to apply? So it had always been in our minds, similar to you. I've watched every season of Shark Tank. Yeah, I just enjoy it as a show. It's entertaining yeah. and interesting. But, you know, we're starting a business. There's a thousand things going on. We weren't about to fill in this 100-page application. But then when they reached out to us, it kind of brought it to front of mind. And, and we actually applied then. And then, you know, eventually through the whole process, we went on this season. So there, we actually spoke to them initially well over a year ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's quite a, quite a long process, that's for sure. It's 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 quite different just like going through like what they're doing. Um, Shark Tank introduced me to like also like the profit with uh, Marcus sure. Malonis. Marcus, yeah. Which yeah. is, and so the, uh, it's always been fun because I w- sit there and watch it. My wife hates watching it with me because I'm sitting there going through numbers in my head. I was like, oh, the cost of the office here and the breakdown here. I said, I would do like 500,000 for 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like a, a majority of times are pretty close to what they're doing. And I'm like, uh, you know. But it was fun watching your show because I wasn't trying to like analyze the business. I was like surprised sure. by some of the numbers and I was like, oh, okay. But I was more surprised that Cuban was um, interested because he has his hand in a lot of food companies. But like, you know, yeah. sometimes they get over inundated by that. And they're like, okay, I'm already here. I have to concentrate on these companies. How am I going to add another company in here to, to grow? Yep. But um, when y'all did that, did you think in, in, in any way when you started this company, did you think at all that one of the uh, co-owners of your, you know, one of the people that you're going to share your company with is now Mark Cuban? Did you ever think that would even occur? Yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is no, right, to that. You know, you yeah. know how it is running a, a business or, or anything, really. It's There's just so much to do, right? Like, from day one, you know, like, I want to launch products, and now we've got to market these products. We've got to make yeah. these products. We've got to finance these products. We've got to do all of this stuff, like, that kind of, like, high-level thinking of, I wonder if we could get on national tv and that would really help and you know maybe we could work with you know like crazy crazy well-known wealthy individuals things like that that would really help but like you know you don't really think about those things because day to day it's like you're putting out fires in the in the business so you know as i said we've watched the show forever so there's obviously that hope of like you get an opportunity like that and you know there's a few big opportunities that exist right we've seen people have similar success with good morning america and oprah's Mm -hmm. sort of wish list and there's a few sort of really big game-changing events that you hope for but you certainly can't plan for them right i mean they're, yeah. they're blue moon events or black swan events and it's just like hopeful yes thought no <laughs> yeah so yeah so uh out of the the two shark uh shark tank and yeah. dragon's den what one do you actually prefer oh interesting shark tank for sure um so i grew up on dragon's den yeah i've been in the u.s about 10 years now but um I liked Dragon's Den a lot growing up, but when we've been watching Shark Tank, I actually went back and watched an episode of Dragon's Den before we went on, just to uh, yeah. just get a feel for it, because um, we knew one of the guests was, was going to be from there. And I, I couldn't remember, I couldn't believe, sorry, how dry it was. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen an episode of Dragon's Den. Yeah. It uh, is so much kind of slower and just yeah. sort of very, very more monotone, not very theatrical. It's still interesting from a business point of view. You can see some cool ideas. But compared to Shark Tank, it is like night and day in terms of the way it's presented and the entertainment factor. So yeah, de- definitely Shark Tank is my answer. <laughs> a, a guilty pleasure of mine is going down like YouTube rabbit holes. And one of those sure. was uh, Dragon Den. This like Dragon Den, like he went on to Dragon Den with like yep. an MLM style approach to his business. Okay. And they okay. ripped him apart. And I was just right. like, this oh. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Oh, wow. And he was like, that- just, uh, it was... It was great, but yeah, I go down those rabbit holes every now and again. I have um, 
a, a yeah. close friend of mine, his, he and his dad were both in an, like that MLM style business before. And sure. he's, sure. he has gotten out since and he just, he doesn't stand for anything that the, that they do. And yeah. so we get like, we kind of, they tried to like loop me into it and we're just like, I, I'm broke, dude. I don't, I can't afford that. I mean, this is like, I was like 17. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, I can't afford to get into Like I don't have $500 for the, the welcome kit. What are you talking about? Right. Exactly. So <laughs> were you, were you going to sell, were you selling knives? Was it a company? It was coffee. Company? I was like, what is going on here? So, <laughs> yep. You just yep. go door to door and sell knives. So I'm like, that doesn't sound like an appealing job to me. So mm-hmm. no. Uh, see, I didn't know Shark so, Tank was a, was a, was a creation off of a British show called Dragon's Den. I just, you're just researching that. That's insane. So yeah, I, I believe Dragon's Den was the original, right? And I think now it is literally worldwide. Uh, they have, um, I watched a few yeah. episodes of the Australian one, which was, which was fun. And, uh, Actually, I actually spent a bit of time in Rwanda um, a few years ago, and they they have one as well. It's called Meet the Gorillas, uh, which is kind of uh, their their version of that. Um, Yeah, no, it's literally worldwide um, in terms of this kind of format of entrepreneurs pitching to a a panel of live investors. It is, yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. That's cool. Yeah, wild to me. (laughs) So it's it's just like I mean, you guys had the office first, and then we took the office and just made it a little bit better. That's what we do in America. I, know. So, I, know. I, so. I can't even, I can't push back on that. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> but that's not like, that's not every show. There's, there's different shows. Uh, Steven's into the Great British, I guess the Great, is a Great Britain book, book cook-off? Great I don't know, British Bake-Off. Bake-Off, yeah. yeah. And then they, Bake-off. yeah. And so my wife's done that and she watched the, the, I watched the Great American Bake-Off and I was like, okay, there's a quality of like class in between so, these two competitions Brian, if you so. if you want a show that has similar like wholesomeness there's a like an american uh barbecue competition same level of like uh, I, this is easy watching that's what you everyone's, need yeah everyone's really sure, nice sure. right but it's like it's hyper american where like the like i just love that in like gbbo that like there's no prize money they're just competing for a plate and i, I just i love the idea of that <laughs> I can't wrap my head yep. around that because my <laughs> wife explained that to me and I was like, that's it. That's what they're that's doing it. all this work for. I love and it. And so yep. it just, there's a wholesome factor there. It's like a Mary Poppins type factor in the, uh, in the, uh, in the business that side, but totally. Um, totally. it's a different one, but I'll tell you on the, on the British side, the one thing that I've greatly enjoyed is the American Ted Lasso going into, uh, oh, you know, Richmond. That's my new favorite show now. I just started watching it. And yep. so I, uh, I fell in love with that. And I was like, you know what? I'm Ted Lasso. Like, cause I I've been coaching soccer for six years for my daughter. Never played a lick of it. Didn't do anything of it. Nice. And, uh, and I was like, this is, this is the greatest thing. But nowadays, like I've, I've grown more into watching soccer than I have with American football. It's like a new, it's like a new religion of mine of what I'm doing. Right, right, right. The sport, the sport that you guys have created or gotten better is, uh, it's something that, that, you know, you should you'd be proud about, you know, it's, you know, there's high school football that. in Texas, but it does not, it does not even hit the level of like how much sure. these towns like depend on these teams. And it blows my mind. Oh, for sure. For sure. So. No, it's funny you say that. I've obviously, I grew up playing soccer I played every day for, you know, a decade or so. Um, I don't really play much now. I'm doing a few pickups and things like that in, in Austin yeah. where I live, but uh, yeah, I haven't really played much recently, but you're spot on that. Ted Lasso is, I mean, there's such a wholesome show, right? I, I literally, yeah. one of the best things I'd seen. Like, I'm halfway through season three right now, but um, yeah, season one was just, I loved it. It, it was so fantastic. They, they did a great job. Yeah, it's it, the wholesome factor to it is just insane. And I'm like, you know, this guy, yeah, sure. this guy, this guy, I love it. But um, <laughs> it's it's a crazy thing. But that was the that was probably where I was trying to compare with the British and the American side of it. Is that like I was like the sports side of the what y'all have done is insane. And I guess since you guys do baking stuff a lot better than we do as well, you know, ba- baking and soccer, man, I, I baking and soccer. you got the whole country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh, I, I'm going to throw a wrench into this a lovely okay. American versus British conversation here. Um, I was looking at your website. It looks like you guys had like more focused on like the medical and like trucking. Mm. I know that was mentioned in the, uh, episode yeah. of, of shark tank but uh i mean that's, that's an awesome kind of approach to i mean people that like are on the go all the time need yep. easy meals are there really people that just don't heat up the soup though and just eat it 
as it is as a bag yes 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 is yeah so you, short answer <laughs> to all of that is yes um so yeah definitely so we have more and more people literally tearing open the bag because you can eat it cold right it's safe yeah. to do so and now we ship it with this kind of spoon that's just long enough to do that um i would say it's still more kind of niche right it's more the camping crowd the kind of truly yeah. i don't have a bowl i don't have any time i can still eat a decent meal that's a smaller subset but but it does exist but um no, it was really interesting on, on the nurses' side. It just, well, again, one of the benefits of e-commerce, right? We basically have a one-to-one relationship with all of right. these customers. We can ask them questions. We can get feedback. And this nurses thing <laughs> and wider medical community just kept coming up. Every day we get a review from, you know, I work a 12-hour shift. I'm plant-based or I'm keto and I need a 90-second meal. In the hospital break room, there's a microwave and a coffee pot, and that's it. Um, and we obviously solve that problem for them. And, Initially, it was just kind of, oh, this is interesting. And then you do the research. You're like, wait a minute, there's there's 5 million nurses in the US. All of them have this same problem. That's a really interesting thing to try and solve. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of leaning into that. And, and very similar reason for truck drivers, right? And yeah. Just being so sedentary, obviously, all the time in terms of the driving. Like, they're just, they're just not right for having healthy food. They're just not in terms of right. lifestyle and food. So, and again, there's like 5 million of those. So, you know, those two things kind of jumped out as just interesting kind of groups to try and help, basically. Absolutely. Have y'all thought about doing like, you know, Stephen mentioned it earlier and I was going to joke about it, but like God. the, you have the pouches already. Why don't you guys do like some sort of like Capri Sun style uh, drink that you can just stick a, stick an adult straw in there. It's a little bit heftier than that yellow piece of crap that Capri Sun gives you. Um, <laughs> sure. but still cool. friendly for the environment something like that way uh because i mean i'm i'm always on the go that my with my job i'm, I'm in you know banking but i i'm a territory executive and i travel all over sure. that's all i do is i'm on the road and literally I've, I've i've had soup in my bag and i just stop at a hotel yeah. in a town sit down put up my laptop and then hit the microwave in the little lobby area and then i yeah. eat my soup while i'm sitting there while i'm working on a little break and it's helped out tremendously. And I just wondered, That's awesome. you know, you might be able to ju- go into the Capri Sun gang, get those electrolytes in there and see if we have the, uh, a, a chance to, to do that. Because that's one thing with nurses, yep. too, is they're on their feet all day. They need something, you know, electrolytes, they need, they need yep. protein, they need something. So, Ben, uh, honestly, you're, you're spot on. We, we, could, we could do it from a capabilities point of view. I think yeah. we could probably, you know, make a good product that people would want to buy. It's just, it's just, we're just drowning in other stuff going yeah, on at the moment, stuff, honestly. Yeah. But, but I totally agree that that's an interesting idea. And one thought, like, because the soup obviously you can keep it non-refrigerated yeah. and you heat it up to eat it. Would you want a drink that? Would you need it to be cold, or would you drink like this Capri kind of sun, like room temperature? I mean, you. I mean, it, it depends on the person. Like, you can have your own little Yeti cooler and stuff like that if you're driving. And a lot of those truckers sure. have their own little personal size cooler sitting next to the drinks in it. Totally. So fine. it's really up their pre- their preferences. So I think if it's room temperature, you drink room temperature. There's people. It's it's the the it's not a house divided, but there's divisions there. There's people <laughs> that just drink nothing but room temperature water, and people that actually yep. drink ice cold water. So it just depends on their preference. Man, it's very fair. I am very much on the ice cold side of that. Uh, yeah. thing, but I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking back like when I was a merchandiser and like stocking shelves, right? Like not necessarily a truck driver, but I was on, on the go in a similar uh, sure. fashion. Uh, yeah, everything I drank was uh, room temperature because all the stuff at the at the cash register that's like 20 ounces or whatever, right? Like you're paying sure. two bucks for and like yep. a two liter in the back is like a, a dollar or whatever prices were back then uh yeah everything i drank back back then was was pretty much room temperature that's a super interesting that's yeah. mad yeah all right good to know good to know yeah um and and, and thinking of like you know those uh <laughs> truck drivers and and nurses and all that i think it's um I was, I was recently talking with a company that they uh set up like pop-up restaurants Mm-hmm. at these places and like yep. that's how they got through the pandemics like obviously like they usually serve yep. like a corporate clientele that shut off during like the pandemic and everything and so uh a lot of them turn to just like let's just focus on the medical staff and like give them yep. something that's not just like <laughs> the, the cafeteria food cafeteria food yeah yeah uh, one of my friends out exactly. here in austin um they he and his wife just welcomed their their first child uh hmm. yesterday actually and oh, nice. uh they gave birth at the same place that like my son was born and so I was like, dude, you got to check out like that cafeteria, like macaroni and cheese is half decent. Like for it being cafeteria mac and cheese, like it won't do you wrong, man. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't sleep on it. <laughs> uh, 
but he was like, can you, can you just bring me some tacos? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I love it. It's really issues why you said like, how do you like, <laughs> help these groups of people like where they are? So with the nurses, for example, with the pandemic, we, um, we worked with a company in Florida that so every morning, one of the, the largest hospitals in, in Tampa, like, mm-hmm. you know, 6am, a thousand nurses come out and then a thousand nurses go in, right? It's a huge shift yeah, change wow. for a large hospital. And it's like, how do we get involved with that? So they, some, you know, it's all charity based every morning. They have a DJ, they have, they're handing out water, they're handing out apples wow. to both the people coming off shift and the people going on just, just as a thank you for obviously all the work that is being done by, by these people. And so we donated like a few thousand meals to, to that. And the idea of like, you know, if they're going on the shift and we can give you this meal and just say, go try this and have it in the break room. Like yeah. it's great for us because we get to sample product and it's great for them because they get a free meal. And then hopefully obviously over time that that turns into some sort of customers. But just initially it's like, how do you find these people and just give them good food? And, and hopefully then it will speak for itself type, type of thing. Have you heard of uh, Canteen, the company? Uh, I don't think so. What do, what do they do? They do like micro markets. Okay. Um, again, when like pre pandemic in office spaces, they would set up small little markets that it's all like, there's no attendant there. You just all camera based. You just kind of scan and go. Oh, interesting. Um, that's one of the people that I worked with when I was at nature box, uh, hmm. you know, it was largely snack based, but they would have like the little, those little red Campbell's cups. I remember seeing those quite a lot. And sure. I mean, they would take over a whole break room with this little like micro market concept and they have like some refrigeration space, some shelf space for stuff. But sure. um, as people are starting to go back to office, the, the company I work yep. for, um, they're out of Boston, so I don't have to go into the office, but uh, they just opened all their offices back up. And like, that's how they're trying to get people back in is by these <laughs> similar types of companies. They're like, Hey, <laughs> we have snacks. We have like a better selection of snacks. That's not just like Kathy went right. to and got like some uh, granola bars for you guys. <laughs> like, sure. Sure. Uh, I think that could be like an interesting approach because like they, I mean, when I worked there for Coca-Cola, like obviously they, we service just a lot of businesses there. And so they'd like, yeah, I need six truckloads of, of these products. And I'm like, oh, right. cool. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. That's I, I, yeah. I commission on it. I just, you know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just as you guys, you know, look, yep. it's not traditional retail, but it, it is definitely like a, a, a way to get people while they're at work, which is like a, definitely a use case for, for the product. Oh man, a hundred percent. I'm going to look that up right after this. It's, it's an interesting one in that I've, I've seen those kind of similar things that like a WeWork and you know, it's kind of built in where you, you grab yeah. the product, you scan it and it's all that kind of base. But I've, I didn't know there were companies that were doing that as kind of pop-ups in, in other businesses. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. It's, it, it's called Canteen. I, I can, I can send you some information and I, I, yeah. I still have some like connections through that. I'm happy just to connect the dots. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. See if it's worth a conversation. Um, That's awesome. Awesome. Well, we've talked a lot about your uh, your business side of everything. Uh, personal side, last time you were on the show, you guys were, you know, fostering kittens. Uh, you're <laughs> yes. an avid poker player. Is there anything that you're now yeah. doing on the personal side since you've, like, become best friends with Mark Cuban uh, that you want to talk yes. about that's even more interesting? So, Matt, you know, you, you picked some good things. So, on the on the kitten side, we actually had a kitten that left left yesterday. So, she got, got up to the, the post-foster weight. So, she is now off nice. to a full-time home. So, that, that was a fun one. Um, I think so. Not so much on the personal side. Other than I took up wake surfing this summer. Have you ever, you ever done that? You ever took up wake, wake surfing? Right in the wind? Yeah, like, like like wakeboarding, but like wake, right yeah. behind the boat without without yeah. the tether. So you're just like, right oh, wow. Yeah, oh, okay, so never, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, so I never did that before. Um, so we, yeah, we, a group of friends basically tried to get a boat through a friend of a friend for like five <laughs> Fridays in a row and just be like, look, we need three hours each Friday. We'll pay you for it, obviously, and just every week trying to do it. And I don't know if you've ever been snowboarding or anything, but the first few weeks are as brutal as that. We just, just can't do it, right? And then eventually it clicks and you're like, oh, I actually feel like pretty, pretty decent at this now. So yeah, that, that's obviously the only thing I'm, I'm now trying that I wasn't trying when, whenever we last spoke, what, what six months ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, still fostering kittens, still playing poker, added wake surfing to it, but, but nothing else too crazy going on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, but wait, I must ask. So I know you guys took how long? How long did you take off? Was it three months or something from the from the podcast, or what was it? It didn't, it didn't <laughs> end up being that long. I mean, my even my hiatus from social media was just like two weeks. I just needed like okay because I, I and I don't I don't post like regular posts very often anymore. Yeah. I'm mainly just going through the stories because I don't know. I, I felt like I had this obligation to 
post and that obligation when I was not able to meet that ob- obligation, I just felt worse. And then I'd get in my head about like, all right, sure. well, I'm going like, sure. to make this post. I'm like, is that really good enough? Right. Like I, I got in my head about this whole like social hmm. media thing. And um, I just, I, I need to take a step back and from the podcast. Uh, you know, I think Brian can attest to this too, with him being on the road, like, like last week's episode, it was just like me by myself, which thank you for anyone that listened. But uh, it, It's something that like, he's gotten back onto the road as things have opened back up. Like sure. my, my, the company I work for, uh, they just went public. And so we've had a lot of like spotlight on us and it. it's just like, I don't know, life gets in the, in the way at times, but it was, uh, definitely nice to take, take that step back. There were some people that thought I just blocked them because like I, I had the post <laughs> up that like, Hey, I'm taking a step away. And then I had literally it like, left it there for like 15 minutes. <laughs> it, was like two hours. it was like two hours. <laughs> and then like, yeah, I had like, I think two or three people asked me why he blocked them. And I was like, no I'm, not, I'm not chicken. And, I'm not chicken and chops keeper, but he, <laughs> he doesn't like you. Uh, he had an inappropriate relationship with your mother or uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 taking exactly. a long break. You know, it's just like, but it, 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 it's one of those, like, I think he stepped away and uh, we got to reevaluate revamp our, uh, our, our, our podcast to, to dive into a little bit more of a, uh, instead of continue on the just keto oriented path, uh, we yep. could develop more because I think it's one of my favorite episodes we recorded just a couple weeks ago. We did more of just a um, holiday because last year we did this podcast of how to prepare for the holidays, like meal wise. Um, sure. And um, it was all just how you how do you prepare for yourself? And we actually went through and the the grand scheme of everything this time was how we how you do it as a mental health side of it. And so we wanted to attack more serious subjects, even though we're not that serious. Um <laughs> like we get we get we get on rabbit we get on rabbit holes all the time even when we're being serious but half that episode was very i mean it was gritty uh it was one of those that it just i mean it really um it kind of hit home and i you know i had a few people reach out to say hey i really appreciate just the honesty and the transparency especially on steven's part on the episode but we uh we wanted to reevaluate to to when we drop an episode it had more impact than just like hey this is how many net carbs are in our soup that we made you know kind of thing and yeah yeah uh, totally it's helped out tremendously just on on the feedback side of everything so i haven't heard that that episode you mentioned yet i'll have to i'll have to go and have a listen that sounds like a good one Um, yeah it was it was one of my favorite ones man so i keep talking about it but i i'm not necessarily so sold on staying keto for for very much longer like i think low carb is something i'm always going to like strive for uh <laughs> my wife actually so like i've talked about this before on the podcast where like every night i'd have like almost a full pint of ice cream because like that's it was like an endorphin hit and that's how i was just like made myself feel any sort of happiness and it was fleeting right like you do it and it's gone five minutes later sure, uh sure. she she bought one of those pints and this I, I happened to look at it it's like 1200 calories i'm like i was doing wow. this like a few times a week like how terrible was that and then that was on top of everything else i ate that day and like i've i've since we last talked really gotten into the gym and try and go like three four days a week and you know for like an hour and a half two hours each time and it's um kind of made me reevaluate some things just with like my personal diet where like i don't necessarily know if i want to be like keto strictly and i I was thinking about doing like a month of vegetarianism or or, like vegan or something like that to like try it out so when I actually do get around that, which might be like a January thing, right? Like, yep. Cool. I'll yeah. hold in with a new thing just to like try it out. Uh, I'll definitely be leaning on you guys again, just because you have <laughs> meals. I don't have to like reinvent yeah, myself and like yeah. my way of thinking yeah. about meals. Now it's like, all right, let's make sure that the fat content's there where I don't necessarily need to prioritize that as much with yep. being vegan. And I think honestly, I think that's really true. I think you're, you're certainly not alone in that uh, process you know the reason we came out proper good because i was full keto at the time and i couldn't find easy meals right there were a lot of snacks a lot of beverages but there weren't easy meals but i then stopped doing keto entirely went back to a regular kind of day-to-day food and then i tried plant-based for a couple months and i've tried all sorts of things and i think honestly we see that from all of our consumers right they'll come in they'll, they'll buy keto maybe two months three months and then they'll do something else for the winter or they'll do something else in january or, or whatever it is and I think honestly, everyone what everyone has different different bodies, different things work, and just yeah. from a weight and health point of view, one thing. But from as on your other topics, on a mental point of view, right? Sometimes it's it's not the right thing to be doing just to be focusing on that all the time. So I think you got to yeah. figure out what works for you and roll with it. But um, experimenting is is kind of my approach. <laughs> and that, that's kind of 
the whole idea of like trying different things. Like I, I'd like to just do like a calorie in calorie out type approach, right? Yeah. Where you can eat anything as long as you're under that certain calorie. Um, totally. mark and, uh, like I don't think I'm going to do kind of thing. what's that. That's like the macroholics kind of thing. Oh, so. I thought that's like an alcoholic type thing. I'm like, I don't think no, it's, it's an alcohol-based mac- diet, they're, they're but I'm definitely home. willing to look into this. <laughs> yeah, further, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's further. another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that too. So I think it's just uh, alcoholism at that point, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's it, you, you you don't have to eat anymore. You just drink. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. If you do it right, you throw oh, it back up, so you never get anything. This is so. a complete detour, exactly. but there's um, I forget who, but someone just unearthed the largest potato ever found. It's like 17 pounds. Oh geez, I haven't and seen. And the reason, this. like, this the recently, uh, I heard on the radio of all places. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but it was a 17 pound uh, potato that the largest one prior to that was like 10, I got 10 or 11 pounds. So it smashes the record, right? Right. right. You know what they're going to plan to do with this thing? Maybe Turn it into bad. vodka. <laughs> hey, there's even better. <laughs> that, I was like, that is that is the way to do it. I I am absolutely on board for this. That, that's um, awesome. They'll get some very nice uh, high-priced bottles made from the, the largest potato ever found. That, that'll yeah. be good. That'll be, yeah. Like, do you take... I mean, I know there's, like, selective breeding with, like, the pumpkins that get gigantic and sure. all that stuff. And I know there's, like, a lot of pride. Like, I'm not a farmer, obviously. Like, I, I don't really care. But it's, like... Yep. It's kind of just nature that does it, right? Like, right. so... <laughs> well... This may just speak to, like, like, how unorganized it can be. But we did, like, <laughs> pumpkin carving. And I threw all the seeds <laughs> into this bucket and I left that bucket in my garage and I forgot about it. And so, yeah. I went to go like clean out the garage and I had pumpkins sprouting out of like pumpkin plants sprouting out of this bucket. And I'm like, so can you really be proud about like the world's largest like potato that was just, it just did it. Like you didn't really do much to get there. Right. Like I, I, I again, I apologize just for the, the detour, which is kind of where my, <laughs> you know, if, if, if that person, if that farmer happens to be a listener of our show, we just lost the listener. So he's offended because those guys, they do a lot of work. They, they go through and they do the science of everything, the right seed. Um, you know, it's, it's a big deal. You know, those pumpkin guys and those tomato guys, all those things, if they're going to grow, grow the world's largest, they're going to do it right, man. It's not just by luck. So I would say, I think you, not, you might need to apologize to the spud community. Um, <laughs> even though they're not keto friendly, they, they still care. If we get so. any, any sort of uh, backlash from this, I will personally do I mean, a public like, yeah. apology we're in the we're in the i mean we're we're in the butter industry steven and so <laughs> that means the butter industry is yeah. heavily tied to the spud industry especially with baked potatoes man so like yeah. we, we we walk a, we walk a very thin line with those potato people the line I, that you just crossed Stephen. yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> I, I could be mistaken here but so, uh chris do you guys have any seafood options or has that ever been on the on the table here no seafood yet. Is it on the table? We get we get requests for uh, was it New England clam chowder? Is like I get requests oh, for yeah. that every day, every day. Um, yeah, for sure. I recently yet. saw so, like this this dude on TikTok who tries like canned seafood and stuff, and he ends <laughs> up just like opening the can, throwing it on the on the, his glass table, and then taking a handful sure. of it. And it's the most disgusting, <laughs> off putting thing. But I'm like, yeah, it, it kind of got me interested in like seafood again. I'm just like, I, I, I just realized like I never have seafood anymore. <laughs> so we that's have, that's so that's this is a, the question that I have is like, so we have the New England clam chowder. You know, it's, it's, it's from, you know, Maine, or like New England, the New England area, the Northeast. <laughs> Across the pond, is there a English clam chowder? Do y'all have that? Or is this something, is, is the New England clam chowder with something we stole from y'all? That <laughs> that's a one I'm gonna have to look up, and maybe we should we should check it out. I'm I'm gonna guess you stole it, but I don't know the answer to that. That's, I mean, we uh, have we have a history of stealing things, and yeah, you know. I mean, you you said it, so yeah. That <laughs> um, but no, I'll have to look that up. I don't know. I would say England food that we could do though is it's just not that many, honestly. Like I don't get me wrong, I grew up there, I, I love England, but I enjoy a lot more of the food here, frankly. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can bring over from a, the, uh, the pond, should we say, but I, I don't know. Have you yeah. hit any of like the Texas state fairs yet? So when I lived in Dallas for a little bit, we went to the, yes, we yeah. were there. And um, yeah, I think oh, that was a good probably five, six years ago now. The, uh, the, what is it? The deep fried, pretty much everything, everything you could possibly imagine. <laughs> is, yeah, everything. Is yeah. like, I remember the first time I read it, I genuinely thought it was a joke when I saw like, you know, butter stick on a thing, fried, and then like, then in ice cream, fried again, or something like this. Yeah. I was like, this is, is this yeah. like a real thing or is this like a joke? Um, but yeah, that was crazy. No, it's yeah. real. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh, so way back, 
I, yep. shoot like 10 years ago, some friends and I made like a deep fried cheeseburger, but we mm. did it in kind of a, a Monte Cristo type thing where we had like powdered sugar on top and then uh, like a raspberry dipping sauce for it. And it was still like the, the best thing I've ever had in my life, but also like, <laughs> I still feel like I'm burning through the calories that came from it. <laughs> like 10 years you're later. Still, yeah, you're still doing with it. Yeah. 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 Decade, decade. Yeah. Wait, man, I've never even done that. How do you do that? So you literally make a burger and then like, dunk it in batter and then just fry batter it and fry. how do you do that yeah. well, so it was, yeah. it was two patties yeah. with bacon and yeah. cheese in the middle and Cut. then uh we cooked those off first right because we want to make sure that we're not eating like raw meat sure. Sure. and then we did a uh what's it called like a funnel cake batter and so okay. we, we used yeah. string just to like we just wrapped it around there to like hold everything together when it was like getting fried mm-hmm. and then you just like delicately pull the string out when you're done and yeah it was fantastic I mean, I was going to say it sounds brilliant, honestly. So yeah, <laughs> very nice. nice. <laughs> it's probably at the it's at the state fair right now. It's I was right. Say, oh, absolutely, most, absolutely. Like, yeah. it's, it's something that's already been there. So when you walk by and you see like fried Snickers and fried Mars bars, you're like, yeah. Like, when did this become? When did this become a Texas thing? And it has. It's it's we fry everything. Now. It's yeah, part of life. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> All right. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you again for for taking the time to to come and chat with us. Uh, Definitely, if, if you know you haven't already checked them out, eatpropergood.com, eatpropergood on Instagram. Yep. Uh, are you yep. guys on uh, like any of the TikToks or anything like that just yet? Or so we are. Honestly, we haven't done a lot for it yet, but we are on there. If you uh, you know throw us a follow, it'll be appreciated. But Instagram, yeah. mostly where we are. Mostly. Yeah. Did you guys do any of the like the good soup memes? I did. Oh, we haven't done. Them. I saw Brian did, yes, did one. Say, we, we yeah. haven't done any ourselves yet, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're about to step up that side of the game. So stay tuned for some uh, fun stuff like that. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks again for uh, hopping on the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chris. Anytime. Catch you later. Bye-bye.